Hey guys, what's up? It's Corey from Lean Green Dad Radio. Thank you so much for listening. As you may know, April is Autism Awareness Month. And with that in mind, we have a great guest for today, a former seven-year NFL vet, Ryan Newfeld. He and his wife are pretty amazing people, and I'm excited to share their story with you, including a life-changing fatherly moment that happened to Ryan and his son. This is Lean Green Dad Radio, episode 73. Let's go. Everybody, welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. Hey, everybody, welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. From sunny Orlando, Florida, this is Lean Green Dad Radio, the podcast that provides fuel for families. And now, here's your host, Corey Warren. Hey guys, how's your week going? It's Corey, and if this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you so much for spending some time with us. We have a great guest today. Before we get into it, though, I wanted to say a huge thank you to our nonprofit partner, Culture City. Now, you might remember Culture City back in episode 68 when we talked to their founder, Julian Maha. Culture City is one of those organizations that's truly, truly special. Microsoft named them one of the top 10 nonprofit organizations in the country, and they help save the lives of children and families living with autism on a daily basis. How do they do it? Well, they do it through several different programs and initiatives, one of them being LifeBox, Life B-O-K-S. So this program helps prevent children living with autism from wandering off, which is very, very common. And it also can prevent them from drowning. In fact, it's already saved hundreds of lives, and it's going to save so many more. So this is a free program. Anyone with a family living with autism can have a life box sent to their home for free in the mail. Just check them out. Go visit Culture City. That is culturecity.org online, culturecity.org, and it's culture with a K. Check them out. Awesome organization. All right, so let's get into it, guys. My name's Corey, and I'm a husband, a father of three, a plant-based athlete, and each week I get to talk to some pretty inspiring folks that help me to stay motivated, stay fit, and really eat healthy and get the most out of life as a busy parent. I don't know about you guys, but for me, finding time to do all that stuff, you know, work out, make healthy, quick meals, and spend quality time together, well, that can be really exhausting. And really hard to do, especially when we overschedule ourselves. So my hope is that by me getting a chance to talk to some of these folks that you will take away some quick tips or inspiration that will keep you and your family going strong. All right, let's talk about today's guest. He's in pretty rare air. So over the last seven years in the NFL, well, over his seven years in the NFL, he had a chance to play with the Cowboys, the Jags, and the Bills, where he finally retired in 2010. He and his wife of 15 years, the amazing Dawn Newfeld, you might know Dawn from uh, the Football Wives, now live in Texas with their two kids, one of which was diagnosed with autism at age three. Since then, Ryan and Dawn have been passionate about leading the charge to help other families just like them to get some answers in an area that doesn't really have a lot. Today, Ryan and Dawn actively speak out to let families know that they're not alone, and Ryan is very involved in the Miracle League in his hometown, which helps children of 
all ages and adults facing serious physical and mental disabilities the opportunity to play sports in a welcomed environment. We're talking baseball, basketball, bowling, football, soccer, track, so many different sports, and this guy is just so great. So I'm really happy you guys get to talk to him and meet him. Uh, We talk about a lot of different things. We talk about being a father. We talk about a wonderful moment that he had with his son in a restaurant and uh, so many other things. So come on in. Join the conversation. It's my talk with Ryan Neufeld, NFL veteran. Let's go. All right, everybody, welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. I am so glad to have a former NFL player with me today. I think he's the second one that we've had on the show now. His name is Ryan Newfeld, and Ryan has been a myriad of numbers. He's number 39 with the Cowboys, number 83 with the Jags, and finally, a long five-year stint as number 88 with the Bills. He is a seven-year NFL vet. He played for UCLA back in the day. And now he has a new mission, and that is to bring awareness and acceptance for autism. So as we approach Autism Awareness Month, I'm so glad to welcome you to the show. Hey, Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Hey, Corey. Thanks thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, we were connected by Julian over at Culture City, the executive director from Culture City. And I was uh, just kind of checking you out online there. You and your wife are passionate about getting the word out about autism awareness. And uh, before we get into that, I wanted you to share a little bit about your career, a huge career playing football. Uh, where did it all start? Well, it all started in uh, Morgan Hill, California. That's where I played uh, my high school uh, football. And then from there, got a scholarship to UCLA and uh, played in the uh, mid to late 90s. Um, and we uh, enjoyed a 20-game win streak my last two years and um, was just one game shy of going to the national championship game uh, my senior year. So, but finished up uh, see, my junior year. We played in the Cotton Bowl and uh, senior year played in the Rose Bowl. Uh, so that was uh, fun and exciting. That's awesome. Uh, then um, went to the Cowboys. Uh, they picked me up after the draft and uh, played there in uh, 1999. And uh, let's see, from there, uh, went, uh, at, right after the Cowboys, they had sent me to play in NFL Europe. And that was in 2000. The season started in about April. And uh, we ended up winning the World Bowl championship uh, against, uh, was it, the, uh, Scotland, uh, the Scotland team. And uh, uh, then <clears throat> after that, went right back in training camp with the Cowboys. And ended up getting cut, and got which, picked which up. happens right all the yeah, time yeah. in the NFL. Yep, yep. <laughs> happens a, a lot more than people uh, here, I'm sure. But, oh yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, ended up getting picked up a few weeks later by the Jaguars, and uh, played there during the 2000 season, and uh, ended up. And then we got married uh, in the 2000 2001 after my season with the Jags, and uh, was in training camp getting ready for the 2001 season with the Jaguars and uh, had some injuries that kind of kept me out here and there. Yeah, those happened for sure. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't really able to, uh, you know, perform as well as I wanted to during the games. And so I ended up getting cut and I didn't play at all in 2001. 
uh, and then in 2002, in the offseason, got picked up by the Seahawks and went through uh, training camp, offseason stuff, uh, ended up getting cut again and was out 2002. So now I'm out two years and an undrafted guy. So, you know, odds were pretty much stacked against me to, oh. to make a to make it again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and how old were you at that point? Right, right. You're on the cusp of going into the Bills world here. So how old were you yeah. at that point? At that time, I was uh, 27. Okay, okay, nice. Yeah, so still still pretty young. Yeah. Um, and um, then because of, I went on a few workouts during the uh, 2002 season, and uh, then in December of 2002, I started going through training camp with the Los Angeles Avengers of the Arena League. Just trying to, you know, keep up my skills and hopefully get another opportunity. And while I was in training camp, that's when the bills called. Nice. And and uh, at that point, like the money I had made the previous few years had run out. Right. And at this point, I needed a job and make money. Mm-hmm. You know, I was married mm-hmm. and uh, needed to help support uh, her. And so I was reluctant to take that opportunity with the bills because uh, the L.A. Avengers was pretty much a a sure job that I needed to, to make a living. Yeah, and your wife was in L.A. at the time too, right? Because she was doing her acting thing and her lawyer thing and all that stuff. And had had you guys... She was actually going to uh, uh, law school. Oh, wow. Okay, so yeah, yeah, definitely needed some support there. Woo! Yes, yeah. And uh, and after talking with her, and uh, uh, it, it was just you know, an opportunity I couldn't pass up, you know, it was probably going to be my last opportunity and I ended up going for it. And, uh, and then interestingly enough, that off season in 2003, uh, while I was trying to make the roster, uh, I also had a weekend job, uh, at downtown Buffalo bouncing at a bar till 4am no. just to try to, yes, to try to make money and pay for rent and food while trying to make the team. Oh. And I ended up making the team and stayed there for, for five years. Unbelievable. So it was definitely a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Holy cow. And who is – did you have a couple different quarterbacks at that time? Or did you have yeah. one quarterback that kind of lasted the five years? No. Uh, so my first year was uh, Drew Bledsoe. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, J.P. Lossman came in. And uh, then uh, uh, Kelly Holcomb uh, and – uh, Trent Edwards uh, from Stanford. He was there for a little bit. Uh, so uh, kind of rotated through quarterbacks as well as coaching staffs as well. So, right on. Well, yeah. it, it sounds like you had a lot of fun and a lot of traveling. And I love that, you know, you talked about making that decision together with your wife. You guys were married at the time that you moved to Buffalo, right? Yeah. So she was finishing up her last year yep. of law school mm. while I was in Buffalo. So. And and is it is it right? You guys have been married 15 years. Is that right? That is correct. Congrats. Yeah. That's amazing. Incredible. Yeah, thank you. Um, and you guys met in college, right? Yes. Ah, cool, cool, cool. Um, you know, we, we talk about a lot of things here on, on the podcast. And one of those things is uh, definitely being a, a good husband and, you know, making decisions together, being a 50-50 partner. How do you think, how do you think that, that 50-50 relationship works in, in your marriage? Um, you know, I, I know that we can go present day. Obviously you have two wonderful kids now. So 
how do you how do you view that role as a as a man in the house? Because you know, back in the 50s, 60s, it was like, oh, the man's the breadwinner, and they've got to come home, and they got to put their feet up while the wife takes care of the kids, and <laughs> that's just not realistic anymore. Uh, and you that's kind of how I grew up. Oh my god, yeah, me too. My my dad hadn't <laughs> touched one diaper when I was a kid. So you know what what is that what does that mean to you? You know, being a, a 50 per 50 percent partner there in the marriage. Well, I tell you what, you know, it, starting out, it was I'm getting used to because that's not what I, that's not the the model I grew up with, mm. and uh, so there it was a uh, uh, adjustment. But you know what? Now, uh, 15 years in, it's uh, it's I think it works uh, fantastically, and you know, but, and you know, she has uh, her things that uh, you know she does, and then I contribute uh, as much as uh, I do. So yeah, definitely. A, 50 50 and um, I think it's uh, uh, especially with the kids uh, it's crucial for um, for our marriage and for the well-being of both of us as individuals what things that you do and that she does are things that you want your kids to emulate things that you want them to because you know kids are recording on a daily basis I mean my son especially he records everything that I do and uh, I have three so my Youngest son is 10 months, and then I have a five-year-old boy and a seven-year-old girl. And my five-year-old just records everything I do. And uh, if I have a weak moment where I scream or yell or some kind of frustration, I know you've been there with that. It's like, you know, he's going to copy that exact same thing and, you know, direct it at his mother or direct it at me, and it's just crazy. So Mm -hmm. what, what, what things are you proud of that you and Don show to your kids on a daily basis that you want them to emulate? Well, uh, I hopefully would like them to emulate the, the patience um, that uh, we we show and uh, the the love uh, that we show not only to each other but to um, to just people um, in general. And uh, uh, and I believe my daughter is really uh, picking that up. Um, she really cares uh, for other people, um, and she's take she at there are times where she takes the uh, uh, I don't want to say uh, motherly, but kind of a real caring role towards uh, towards Will. Yeah, it's, uh, it's maternal. Yeah. I mean, my daughter's the same way. Yeah. She's seven, and she's she'll hold the baby. Although it makes me so nervous when she holds our ten month old, I'm freaking out. She's gonna drop him, but. Uh, she hasn't yet, so maybe I need to get him a football helmet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but, um, oh, yeah, so continue, continue. You were saying your daughter has that maternal instinct, and I think all, all young ladies kind of have that in them. Yeah, yeah, and I think just kind of watching uh, how my wife and I handle Will, I think she kind of, like, takes that role at times. And and uh, I, I want to kind of keep a balance. I don't want her to feel like it's um, – that she's, uh, you know, kind of obligated or feels like she has to because, you know, she's she's just a kid and she needs to, uh, you know, you know, do what little girls do and not to worry about, you know, taking care of her her brother. But um, I I'd like for there to be a balance there, um, and and to kind of keep that. Uh, that role is, you know, caring for Will when he needs help because, uh, you know, in the future, 
it will probably be her that's that's going to be um you know there for will when when he needs help yeah i mean same here in our family i mean my my daughter has been fueled with the information to be able to answer the question uh why does your brother have a different color skin than you and you know we adopted my son and um he you know he has brown skin as the kids literally say right and so you know in second grade when uh, a friend says hey your 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 brother has brown skin he can't be your brother uh we've you know fueled my my daughter to be able to handle that question i think that as parents you know we need to show them uh that everybody's different and that we need to accept everybody no matter what and um it's it's just really great she she knows how to explain how people are adopted and and stuff like that and uh we always say that you know my mommy is is his mommy my mommy was always meant to be his mommy he was just in a different lady's belly and that really resonated with her as a as a kid you know and uh she's taken it and run with that i think she's she's probably like a 35 year old woman in a <laughs> seven year old body. It's crazy. But, um, Oh yeah. Cool. So, well, let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about how she, how she handles, you know, public situations. Does she get asked questions about will and, um, is she able to, to kind of navigate those waters when she's talking about autism and, and, and stuff like that? Uh, not really. She hasn't really been uh, approached or asked questions. Uh, how, how old uh, is now. she? She's she's seven. Okay, okay, same thing. Yeah, she'll she'll be eight uh, in May. Okay, yeah. yeah well, it's but uh, she's just kind of just right now learning and uh, uh, I guess uh, kind of noticing now that uh, there are some differences there. Um, like for we had an issue with Will where he uh, kind of had a, a meltdown last week and and. You know, my daughter asked, uh, you know, why why is he so upset? And and I just kind of explained to her that, uh, you know, people like Will, they just have a hard time processing uh, like change, um, like especially in his routine, and um, he he just is having real difficult time handling it. And um, and so I could try to explain to her, kind of that's one of the things that that he has to deal with, yeah. uh, and other kids and individuals with uh, autism mm -hmm. uh you know at at the time we're recording this right now it is uh the beginning of autism awareness month but uh obviously this this type of episode can be evergreen in the sense that you know autism is always present it's not just uh, a special month where we get to wear a, a puzzle piece in our lapels and all the sportscasters wear the puzzle pieces i mean all of that is wonderful but I think uh, an organization like Culture City that is constantly working towards not only making the lives of families that are living with autism easier, it's also creating that acceptance of these, um, you know, different, you know, things that affect families. And, you know, wherever a child may be on the autism spectrum, it's very important that someone who's not living with autism or having autism in their lives at all be very aware of what this might look like so that they don't have a judging face or a judging type of feeling in them when a meltdown could occur in a public place. Um, to give you a quick example, and I want you to kind of expand on this, I was at a dinner the other day with um, a friend who was out of town and they had a friend with them. And we were sitting in the kids section because I have three crazy kids. And uh, the 
couple next to us had two kids, one that was screaming, yelling, and throwing their broccoli on the ground constantly. And the father kept putting it back on the plate, and he kept screaming and yelling, and, uh, you know, I couldn't really make it out. But this friend of my friend's took a hard stare at this couple. And, I mean, with the intention for them to see the look that they were getting. And it happened not once, not twice, but like three or four times. And, you know, the couple eventually left the restaurant. And uh, they, they finished their meal really quickly and left the restaurant. And I, I felt horrible. And, you know, I, I debated, should I say something to this person or is it just not not worth it? Uh, you know, so I want to say that somebody at my table noticed what they were doing. They mentioned something to them. But I was really upset and it, it really propelled me forward to – to continue working, you know, with Culture City and continue to spread this word about autism awareness. And so has there ever been a situation like that for you? And can you explain how that's happened firsthand, whether it be in the grocery store or, you know, I know on your blog, you said you were in traffic that one time and actually you were the one <laughs> that flipped yes. out about the traffic, you know, but yeah. you know, has there, has there been a public situation where you've had to just kind of really struggle to keep your cool and, and, and explain that. So someone who isn't necessarily touched by autism can, can understand and, and fully get to a place where they can accept that. Yeah, I mean, it's there. There was a, a I mean, an incident that uh, comes to mind. It, it it's happened a, a lot more in the past. Uh, you know, my son, he's uh, 11 now, and and um, uh, you know, going out to restaurants is definitely uh, a lot more, a, a lot easier, and a lot more pleasurable now than obviously in the past. But we had a definitely uh, several years there where it was really tough uh, to to go out. Uh, and have a meal uh, at a restaurant um, and it was uh, several years ago I think Will was probably five or six we were at a restaurant and um, he he was just having a hard time and uh, and you know screaming and and uh, just making a lot of noise and and, and no matter how uh, it, you know, how much it bothers uh, you know people uh, around us um, and, and around that family in the restaurant, they are they are the family themselves are so mortified themselves and they want just want to do everything they can to to calm their child down, but sometimes it just it's so hard and so we were at the restaurant and. And he was just, just couldn't, couldn't stop. And, and so I, I was just, I got, I got really frustrated and, um, I, I got up and I kind of, I grabbed my son and I took him to the bathroom and to, and when I got up and I took him, I was, I was really like upset. I was furious, but on my way to the bathroom, something clicked like in my head, like, okay, now stay calm. He, you know, he can't really control himself right now. So when I got to the bathroom, I was able to calm myself down. And when I got to the bathroom, I just kind of knelt down at his level and I just started, I just gave him a hug and I squeezed in, you know, really firmly. 
and uh, and try to give them uh, this kind of surrounding pressure. And we were in the bathroom, and I was just holding him probably for uh, you know five five minutes or so, and he finally just calmed down. And um, and then we went back to our table and. Uh, we were able to finish our meal, and uh, you know, we, it, he was he was still not too excited to be there, but right, of he, at least he was at least he was calm, and we were able to finish our meal uh, quietly, and then and then go home. So, uh, and I and I'm thankful that something from when I got up from the table, something happened from when I got up from the table and went to the bathroom, that I can I was able to realize um, that me being agitated and upset was not going to help that situation. Right. I think that's, that's the biggest struggle for us as parents, right? I mean, I have three and they're all very young and they're all still developing. And one of the hardest things is to not, not lose your mind on a daily basis. I mean, you know, I am a, I'm a, just a regular dad like everybody else. And I might do a lot of cooking, uh, a lot of plant-based eating, but uh, it, at the heart of it, I, I'm just like everybody else, and um, the struggle is real, you know. And I don't think they prepare you for that with uh, with marriage, you know. They say they they prepare you to to be ready with your partner, you know, for whatever might happen, but they don't talk mm. about throwing kids in the mix, you know, yeah. <laughs> and the the impact that has on a marriage. And um, I think that. You are a shining example of uh, an amazing dad in the sense that it is so hard to look at yourself, uh, you know, literally in the mirror or figuratively as you're walking to the bathroom with a screaming son in your hands and, and be able to tell yourself to calm down. I mean, that is completely selfless and just so much respect to you for that, um, especially, you know, someone who's used to crushing people on the, you know, on the <laughs> fourth down there, you know, for a living. Um, was that, was that a, did you know you wanted to be a father even when you were, you know, uh, just crushing people on the football field? Did you know that that was something you wanted to do? What was the origin of, you know, being a dad? Is that something you've always had in you or, or where'd that come from? Oh yeah, definitely. I think so. You know, as soon as, uh, um, uh, you know, Don and I, uh, short, you know, shortly after we started dating and, and, uh, when we got engaged, you know, I knew right away that, uh, uh, that's something that I wanted to do was have a family, uh, you know, after we got married and definitely wanted to have some kids. So, uh, so for sure. Yeah. Love it. I, I just, I love being a dad. How do you treat your boy differently than you treat your girl? Because I mean, with my girl, I don't know about you, uh, <laughs> But Ryan, I've had my nails painted several times by my lady. <laughs> and, you know, whether it's my toes because I've got, you know, some business meeting that I don't really have want to have painted nails or, you know, if she does happy faces on my fingernails. Either way, it works. Uh, but with my man, Raj, I mean, he likes to eat. I don't know what it is, but this kid can put some food down. So if I take him out, you know, and have some private time with us just going to a dinner or something, or if I make him like a, a mac and cheese, we have this crazy... You know, our, our whole family's vegan, so we eat, like, this vegan mac and cheese. This is absolutely killer that he loves. So uh, what, are your, what are your special things that you do with your kids, and, and how are they different with your boy than they are with your girl? Uh, well, with Will, he just, you know, he likes, 
he likes going to restaurants now, and so that's fun for him. Uh, he likes going to the movies. Uh, he loves going to uh, sporting uh, events, uh, like to a baseball game, soccer game, football game, uh, whatever it is, basketball, hockey. He just loves going there. And he loves it when a team scores and the crowd goes crazy <laughs> and the lights go and the lights are flashing and everyone's like hollering yeah. and excited. He just he just loves that stuff. And, and that's something fun that uh, that we do uh, together. And, and uh, uh, you know, my wife enjoys going to games, too. So that's fun. My daughter, she <laughs> she's bored when she goes to these games she just kind of sits there <laughs> but uh uh but yeah for for her it's for uh Bryn, it's just kind of uh you know go she likes the movies or uh we'll go get uh you know maybe some donuts or, nice uh we'll go to um, uh they have these trampoline places you know i'll take her there and uh, jump around a little bit can your knees uh, hold but, up with that no, no, I, 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 I rarely, I rarely get out. If I get out there, I'm kind of walking around on the, on the, the oh, trampoline. Yeah. yeah, forget it. Yeah, no, no, I'm not, I'm not doing any jumping on a trampoline, but, uh, but kind of hanging out with her and watching her do all the jumps and flips. Uh, you know, it's fun and it's a good time to spend with her as well. Yeah, you can see us 30, 40 somethings tearing an ACL on a trampoline. It's like, it's much cooler if you tear your ACL on the football field, I'm guessing than it is uh, on a trampoline, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I stay. That's why I stay out. Oh of it. <laughs> my goodness. Well, um, so we, we talked about your, your gridiron goddess there for a little bit, but, uh, you know, obviously Dawn, you know, people know her from the football wives and her acting career, but, um, what, what is, what is your daily life like? Is she, is she flying around? Is she always acting all the time now or have things slowed down now that she's a mom and you guys are able to do the, the, I'm a home, you know, mom and dad type of thing where you're actually present in your kids' lives. Well, she's, uh, yeah, uh, calmed down a, a little bit. Uh, she um, took some time off, but she was on hosting a TV show uh, last year and um, was also practicing law last year, then took some time off, um, and, which was uh, really cool and um, got to hang out a lot and, and do stuff with the kids, which was fun. And, uh, but uh, now she's uh, getting ready to start her own uh, her own practice uh, in uh, for uh, special needs advocacy. Nice. Um, so she went to a conference in Philadelphia a few weeks ago that dealt uh, all about special needs uh, law and advocacy, and so she's going to start that up here in the next few months. And she's looking forward to that and and helping families in, in that capacity. And uh, so uh, I just. Uh, I'm excited for her and that new adventure for sure. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, she's fun to watch. I mean, you both are great on film when you're talking about your causes and everything that you support. And I know there was a there was another organization. Are you still working with the Miracle League? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so talk to everybody yeah. about Miracle League because I think it's just incredible. Yeah. So we have the Frisco Miracle League, and Miracle League's known. Uh, uh, Throughout the country, uh, there are probably a few Miracle Leagues uh, around that uh, mostly do baseball. Uh, here in Frisco, we do baseball, uh, soccer, uh, basketball, uh, bowling, uh, and just several sports. And, and I started the uh, football league uh, 
uh, with the Miracle League, and we're uh, we actually start our uh, season uh, this coming Sunday. Nice. And, and talk to me. Talk to me about the mission of the Miracle League for some of those folks that might not know or have heard of it before. Oh, sure. So we do uh, uh, sports for special needs kids, uh, anywhere from autism, Down syndrome, uh, cerebral palsy, uh, really any type of uh, disability or special need. Uh, we invite uh, those kids to come and, and we just tailor sports around to, to their ability level. And we have two separate leagues. It's, there's a unified league where kids who still have some challenges can, can play and compete on their own without the help of uh, uh, a buddy or an assistant. And then we have the regular league uh, where these kids might need a help, might need help from a buddy with maybe a wheelchair or maybe someone uh, to help keep a child with autism, uh, keep them focused on the game. Uh, so those are the two different leagues, but, but yeah, it's been, we're, uh, been, uh, Frisco Miracle League's been around for 10 years now and, uh, I started the football program, I believe it was, uh, three or four years ago in football. So. Nice. Awesome. Well, there's so many great initiatives that you're involved in. I know Culture City being one of them. I love that organization. Obviously the Miracle League is, is great as well. Uh, where where can we find you? Obviously, you're on you're on Twitter, right? We've got you on Twitter. We've got you on. Uh, you, you have your own website, right? Yeah, what's, what's your website? Uh, uh, Ryan-Newfeld.com. Cool. I'll make sure to put that in the yep. show notes, and we'll make sure that people can find you on Twitter and help support you and your amazing organizations that you're associated with, and of course, your wife Dawn, who is all over the place. So. All over the place. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, uh, listen, hey, thank you so much for being on. I, I cannot thank you enough for being a shining example for dads all across the country, whether they have children living with autism or not. You're a great dad, and I cannot thank you enough for taking a few minutes to come on the show and share some of your awesome stories with us. I appreciate it, Corey. I had a great time. Hey, guys, what's up? It's Corey back in the studio. Thank you so much for making it through another episode of Lean Green Dad Radio. But hey, don't let your experience stop here. Visit us online at leangreendad.com. There you can follow us on Facebook, which is where most of our posts are happening on a daily basis. We've also got a Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. We've even got a YouTube channel. So check us out. Follow us online. We are so happy to have you. And until then, this is Lean Green Dad saying keep going that extra mile for your family. See you next week, guys.